0: Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Hey, God bless everyone this morning. It is so wonderful to have you with us this morning. Thank you for inviting us into your living room, into your home, into wherever you're watching right now, this service my heart is overwhelmed right now, as I just got news right before we came to the pulpit about the Supreme Court's ruling that the the, the County of Santa Clara is bound by the Supreme Court ruling to allow indoor services, and I, I understand that our, that our county wants to protect people. Listen, we want to protect you too. In fact, I, I, I've... I've dedicated your babies, I've married your families and we've been there on at both the beginning of life and at the end of life and we are not here to try to hasten anyone's introduction to Jesus in person. We are doing our best to protect people from COVID and to do our best to also return to normalcy as well. We're we're not gonna be in this situation forever and my heart is so overwhelmed right now. I'm so blessed to know that we will once again be in the house of God for Easter Sunday. I'm looking so forward. Uh, It's been over a year almost since we've had the opportunity. Now things may look still a little bit different. We might not be able to get everyone together Uh, you know, at 100% capacity. But we're going to do our best to continue to provide a place for you and your family to be ministered to and to encourage you to get to new levels in your life. My goal is not to maintain. Our goal is to grow, to grow you, to grow your family, and to grow your walk with God as well. I want you right now, right where you are, to open your Bibles with me to the book of Nehemiah chapter 2. And as you turn to Nehemiah chapter 2, my heart, like I said, I'm just excited about what God is going to do this morning. As you're turning there, we've been speaking a series of messages called Arise and Build. Everyone say Arise and Build. Uh, It's not just about arising, you have to get up and do something, and that's building as well. And I want you to understand as you're turning to Nehemiah chapter 2, what started as a burden becomes a vision. What started as a concern now becomes a cause. Now, I need you to understand, not every burden you have will become a vision. Not every concern you have will become a cause. But one thing I I am sure of is that no vision is started without a burden. No vision is started without a concern. God always takes something to move our hearts, to move us into action. And I want you to understand this as well before we read our scripture, is that vision is a dangerous thing. Vision has the ability to disrupt and interrupt your comfortable life. It has the ability to take what you're comfortable at and where you were once just satisfied at just kicking back and doing nothing. Vision has the the ability to interrupt and to disrupt your life. It can reorder your priorities. It can cause you to even relocate and move from one city to another. And I, I want you to understand, yet the Bible says that without vision, we die your marriage will die. Your family will die. Your business will die. Your, your, your future churches, ministries. Without vision, the Bible says, the people perish. And so vision is also a powerful thing as well. It has the ability to see what could be and should be in your life. And see, I need you to understand that vision has the ability to look beyond the rubble in your life. It has the ability to look beyond the crowds, the P&L in your business, has the ability to look beyond the unsaved spouse, look beyond the addiction, to look beyond the abusive behavior. Vision has the ability to notice not what's just going on in the future but what's happening right now and believe for greater in the future as well. I want to encourage you today. You might be in a situation where you're in a, your, your, your marriage isn't going where you want it to go. Your health isn't moving in the direction you want it to move. But I want you to understand that vision has the ability not only to see what's going to happen next, but to believe God to give that, to, to, to exchange that burden for a vision this morning. Well, I want you to look with me here in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 16. It says this, it starts off in Nehemiah speaking. He says, and the officials did not know where I had gone or what I had done. I want you to see Nehemiah has traveled from from Persia a thousand miles away. He's traveled all the way to Jerusalem and now he's gotten here to this, to, to Jerusalem. He's gotten to the city where the walls are destroyed and its gates are burnt with fire. And it's taken him literally four to five months just to make this journey. Listen, it's taken him four to five months just to get to ground zero. It's taken him four to five months just to get to the starting point. Some of you have traveled a long way just to get to ground zero. You've traveled a long period just to get to your starting point this morning. But I want you to see what happens. He gets there. He rests for about three days and this is what he says. And I had not yet told the Jews The priest or the nobles or the officials or the others who did the work. He he doesn't tell anyone why he's there. He doesn't tell everyone why he even showed up, why he's come to Jerusalem. I need you to understand the quickest way to destroy a vision is to tell the wrong people too soon. It's to share what God has placed in your heart with other individuals that don't capture the same dream, the same vision. They're not moved by the same burden. And so I want you to understand that he rests for three days. He inspects the walls. And no- notice what he says. Then I said to them. After he inspects the walls, as he sees all the work that needs to be done, he comes and says, Then I said to them, you see the distress. Everyone say distress. Distress. He says, you see the distress that we are in and how Jerusalem lays waste and its gates are burnt with fire. He goes, come, let us build the walls of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. You see, I want you to understand. He says, come, let us build so that we would no longer be a reproach. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help. In Jesus' name, everyone says Amen. Amen. I want you to notice something here. That vision gives you the ability not to settle for status quo. Vision gives you the ability to see a preferred future. Vision gives you the ability. uh, The thing I love about vision, vision doesn't doesn't deny what's going on right now, but it has the ability to believe for what's coming next. I want to say that again. Vision doesn't deny what's happening right now. Your, Your body may be sick. Your marriage may be in trouble. You might be broke. But I'm here to tell you that vision has the ability to recognize what I'm facing right now but it trusts for something better in the future somebody say amen, amen. now now nehemiah goes from being a butler to a builder only God could do that. He goes from, from, from uh, serving drinks to now he's rebuilding a nation. I'm here to tell you, I don't care what, what training you have. I don't care what's prepared you or hasn't prepared you. When God moves upon your life, God will give you favor to do things beyond what you have been trained for. Somebody say amen. Only God can do what God did in Nehemiah's life. And Nehemiah comes and he says, listen, Nehemiah looks at the conditions of the walls. He's inspecting the walls. In fact, part of the word says that he, he rode his, his uh, donkey or rode his uh, camel to a certain point, And he had to get off the camel to inspect certain areas of the wall. I'm here to tell you this. There comes a moment in our lives that we have to get off our high horse. And that we have to be able to take a look at the rubble in our lives. Take a look at the things that are really going on. Some things you can't really understand what's happening around you until you get down to inspect it face to face. And he comes and he wonders, can you see what I see? See, the, the thing I love about visionaries, visionaries speak in a manner that most of us don't understand. Visionaries will, will walk up and say that they'll be able to see what is, not just what should be. They have the ability to look beyond the rubble and see a wall. Where you see a failed marriage, they see a marriage put back together. Where you see lost children, they see a family restored. You see, when you see bankruptcy, a visionary has the ability to see a new house, a new car, a new business, a new future. I'm here to tell you today that God has a vision that's even greater than you believe for yourself this morning. See, I want you to understand what it is about Nehemiah. Nehemiah comes and addresses four things very quickly. The first thing he does, he addresses the problem. He addresses a solution. He addresses the reason. And then he addresses the timing. I want to start with number one. He addresses the problem. Notice this. Nehemiah states The obvious. And what's obvious about this is the walls are destroyed with fire. The walls are destroyed and the gates are burnt with fire. It doesn't take a prophetic person to see the condition of this city and know that they need some help. You see, I need you to understand one of the problems about having a problem is that most of the problems we have in life, everyone knows what the problem is except the person that has the problem. Have you ever noticed that? It's that the the person that is struggling with bitterness, everyone knows they're bitter. That person that has an anger issue, everyone knows that they have an anger issue. That individual that has health issues, everyone knows it. Everyone knows it except the person that has the problem. And it takes some time, some other set of lenses to come that's not dwelling in the rubble to come and say, Hey, baby, you need some help. You need a little help here. But what you're doing is not good. This isn't what God had planned for you. God doesn't have this plan for your marriage, for your family, for your community, for your mind, or for your sobriety. See, the walls are destroyed and its gates are burnt with fire. And he deals, and I love this about Nehemiah, Nehemiah comes and he deals with the root, not the fruit. You see, the problem wasn't the walls that were destroyed. The problem wasn't even the gates that had been burnt with fire. The problem was is that the people that literally lived in the city felt like this was God's will for them to dwell in this chaos, in the rubble. They, they had felt because their ancestors disobeyed God that they were living in a perpetual state of judgment. I'm here to tell you that God will deal with sin, but once He deals with sin, He always brings grace to restore you. God doesn't create you to live in the rubble of life. God restores you. He doesn't keep us in the grave. That's what the resurrection is all about. Somebody say amen. See, the root issue wasn't the gates or the walls. The root was their view of God. You see, in the midst of our issues, most of the issues we're facing are not a secret. And they're in distress. The Hebrew word for distressed means stressed out or distressed. Stress always happens when your assignment is greater than your ability. Let me say this again. When, when, when you need to your, when you owe more money than you make, it creates stress. When, when you're you're in worse shape than your ability to get in get into shape, it creates stress. When your marriage is in a situation that you don't have the resources to fix it creates stress. You see, stress is created when your need is greater than your ability, and that difference creates a stress on your life. I'm here to tell you something. The children of Israel looked every morning when they got up. They saw the conditions of the walls. They saw the gates burnt with fire, and there was no way within their resources or ability did they think that they had the ability to solve this problem. Can I got news for you today. There are some problems you have you can't solve on your own there's some issues you have you can't fix on your own and although it may be obvious what the problem is you can't solve that problem sometimes we need help from the outside to come in and help us rebuild someone say amen you see I want you to understand that their problem was so obvious but then so was a solution you see, when the problem is obvious, the solution becomes obvious. Look at verse, verse 20, uh, 17 of chapter 2. He says, Come, let us build the walls of Jerusalem so that we may no longer be a reproach. So we know the problem is now he comes with the solution. The solution was this, come let us build. The walls are destroyed, let's rebuild them. The gates are burnt with fire, let's rebuild them. You see, it's a very simple fix to a lot of the problems that we're going through. The problem is that, that the need seems so great, it seems beyond our scope. But I want you to understand that whatever, whenever we see the problem is obvious, the solution becomes obvious as well. He says, I love what he does here. Nehemiah puts it this way. He says, come let us build. Not you build. Come let us. Everyone say us. Us. He's not, he he wasn't even there as the reason for them getting sent into bondage. This isn't his fault. But when he comes and sees the conditions of the walls and the gates, he recognizes this isn't a time to point fingers. It doesn't matter who's to blame in this situation. And many times we want to prove who's right or wrong. We want to have the ability to point a finger at someone. It, it, the marriage situation is their fault. My family situation is their fault. My addiction situation is their fault. It's time to start taking ownership, regardless of whether you cause the problem or not. Nehemiah walks up, sees us, the walls the way they are, and says, Come, let us Build. He includes himself as part of the problem and part of the solution. And what he literally is telling them is this. We we can't leave leave it this way. Come on, listen to me this morning. We We can't leave it this way. You can't leave your marriage in the condition it's in right now. You can't leave your finances in the condition they're in right. You can't leave your spiritual life in the condition it is right now. You can't leave your faith in the condition it is right now. Some of you are so used to being at home, you haven't been in church in ages, and now it doesn't even bother you. You have gotten comfortable in being disconnected from God. You can't leave it that way. The walls are destroyed and the gates are burned with fire. Something has to happen within us. I love what Dr. Miles Monroe says. He says this. He says, you can tell the problem based on the solution provided. You can tell the problem based on the solution provided. Nehemiah comes and he starts stirring up their imagination. You see where there's rubble? You see rubble. I see a wall. You, You see gates burnt with fire. I see brand new gates right there in that place. He begins to speak vision to them. What am I telling you? When when Dr. Monroe says you can tell the the solution to an issue, you can tell what the problem is based on its solution. In in Matthew chapter 11, verse 5, when John the Baptist's disciples come to him and say, John wants to know, are you the one or should we look for another? Jesus says this. They ask him this question. He doesn't even entertain the question. He goes right into this. He heals the blind. He heals the deaf. He, ra- he takes the lame and helps them walk. He takes time to raise the dead and he preaches the gospel to the poor. And then this is what he says in Matthew 11:5: The blind see, the lame walk, and those with leprosy are cured. The deaf hear, and the dead are raised to life, and the gospel is preached to the poor. What Jesus is doing is he's pointing out to a blind man, sight is the remedy. To a deaf man, hearing is the remedy. To a dead person, it's life to a poor person, it's the gospel. What am I telling you today? Is that whatever the solution is helps show you what the problem is. The solution will always reveal what the problem is. You see, today we need a new set of lenses that we could see beyond the rubble of life so that we can see not just what Nehemiah saw. Nehemiah came in and he didn't see just what they saw. They saw rubble, but he saw beyond what they couldn't. They saw rubble. He saw walls. I'm I'm here to tell you, can you see it? Can you see a new business? Can you see your marriage back together? Can you see your spouse saved? Can you see your children serving God? Can you see your children delivered from whatever addictions they have? Can you see yourself getting out of debt? Can you see your body healed? Can you see yourself healthy? Can you see yourself serving Jesus? See, Nehemiah came to give them the ability to see what they could not see on their own. I'm here to stir you up this morning. Can you see it? Can you see it? Can you see what the solution is to the problem that you're facing today? Because in order to be it, you got to see it. You got to see it in order to be it. If you want to walk in the things that God has for you, you have to see it first. See, first thing he does is he points out the problem. Everyone say problem. problem. Then he points out the solution. But now he points out the reason. What's the reason behind? What's the motivation? What's the why behind this? And I need you to capture this, okay? It was bigger than just walls and gates. Now, I need you to grab a hold of this. You see, he looks at them. And this has to hurt because they're trying to figure out, what are you doing here? Why have you come over here? These walls have been destroyed for over 140 years, and now you show up? What are you doing here now? We, we, we've gotten along in this condition for over 140 years. The problem is, is that when we learn to get along in dysfunction, we think dysfunction is function. We begin to get used to living in that condition, but that's not what God intended for our lives. See, He comes along and He wants them to see beyond what they are. He wants them to see beyond what the situation is. They are living in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was the city of God. It was a place where the presence of God dwelt. It was a place where, where where David brought the Ark of the Covenant and created a city around the presence of God. And here they are dwelling in the place called Jerusalem. Jerusalem, the city of peace, but the walls are destroyed. The gates are burnt with fire and there is no evidence of the presence of God in this city anymore. And here you have Nehemiah walking up and saying, you got to remember who you are. But even more than that, you got to remember whose you are. I'm here to tell some of you right now, you got to remember who you are. You're a child of the king. And you got to remember whose you are. You are sons and daughters of the living God. That you literally belong to God today. You need to recognize who God sees you as today. You see, their condition brought reproach. Everyone say reproach. Now, Other nations walked by and they literally looked at their condition and they just shook their head at Jerusalem. They couldn't believe what had happened to this once proud city. These gates that used to be that used to be so beautiful, the walls that protected them were destroyed. And now he's, he's reminding them that now we are reproached to the nations. Nations are walking by you and they're making fun of you. Nations are walking by you and they're shaking your head at you. At a moment before where nations were afraid of us, where nations honored us, where nations revered our God because our God brought us out with a strong arm out of Egypt. Our God opened up the Red Sea to bring us through on dry ground. Our God brought the plagues to deliver us. Our God showed how much he loved us by water coming out of a rock and and manna falling from heaven. Our God showed up on a daily basis to bring us into the promised land. And here we are. God brought us in and we turned our backs on him and now we're living in reproach. Now nations are making fun of us today. You got to remember who you are. You got to remember whose you are. You were not created to live in this dysfunction. What am I talking about? Why don't you, why why leave your marriage in that condition? Because if you don't, your marriage is so valuable that if you don't, you need to, when you restore your marriage, you end up restoring God's order in society. When you take time to get your children and to to, to invest in them and to to get them off drugs or to get them off addiction and to win your family and put them back together, you are investing in the next generation. When you begin to start that Christian business or that business with godly values, you can then finance the, the gospel message across the world. It's not about your comfort. It's about the glory of God. What am I telling you? You are the key to what God wants to do next. You are the key that God wants to use to bless others. You are the key. Why do you have to get things together? you got to get your marriage together so that God gets glory. you got to get your family together so that God gets glory. you got to get out of debt so that God gets glory. It's not about your comfort, but it's about the glory of God. Someone say amen this morning. Amen. You are the key to what God wants to do next. Send me as you come, as we close this morning. You see the reason? or we see the problem we see the solution we see the reason and as i close this morning i want you to see the timing why now it's been 140 years why why work on your marriage now why work on your family now why start that business now, why start serving God? Why, why start reading your word? Why start driving, drawing close to God now? Why would you do these things now if you've been living in this condition all your life? Why now? It's been this way for 140 years. We've just gotten used to it and we've gotten accustomed to this situation. You know, let, let me just share this with you as, I, as we close. When we first my, my wife and I, Ann, when we first got married, we had this real tiny house. It's called a patio home. It's like a duplex. And th- this, this, this is where my, my two girls were born. Little tiny house. and We remodeled. We painted. We put a new carpet. We did all the things that we could. We, we, we landscaped the front yard, the backyard, put a new concrete. This little tiny place, we did all this work. But we were outgrowing where we were at and so we started looking for a new place and we found this house. And I remember taking a tour of this house. Angie and I are walking through and they're showing us this house and this house was more than three times the size of the house, our first house. And I remember walking through this place thinking, wow, this place is amazing. And I remember looking through, and I, what's amazing, Brother Bill, is this, is that as Ange and I were walking in, we walked into the, the laundry room. We didn't even have a laundry room in our old house. It was in the garage. But here we had a laundry room, actually had cabinets and all that stuff. And I mean, our laundry room had cabinets. But I remember walking into the laundry room and looking up. and There was this light fixture. And it was hanging by two wires. The, the screws had coming off the light had come off the light fixture and it was hanging in midair. And I remember walking in and looking at that light and thinking, "Man, what's wrong with the property owners? Don't they know that that light could fall off and hit someone in the head?" And I I remember thinking to myself, "Bill." The moment if Angie and I buy this house, the moment we buy this house, I'm going to fix that light. I'm going to put that light together and I'm going to secure it and we're going we're to fix that light. How many know we bought that house? How many know that light stayed like that? No matter how good my intentions were, it wasn't until we moved out of that house to come to San Jose that I realized we're going to have renters coming into this house pretty soon, and I have to fix that light now. So right before we moved out from that home, almost 12 years later, I went up in the Stepladder, and I fixed that light. We had gotten so used to the dysfunction that this never bothered us that the light was hanging there. When I didn't live there, I couldn't believe it. But when I moved in, I became comfortable with it. How many things have we become comfortable with that God wants to rebuild? How many things in your life, there, there are things in our character that we just keep hiding, things that are going on that God's requiring of us, but we just keep turning our back on it. I want you to understand Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 18, he says, and I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me and also spoke of the king's words. He had spoken to me. He says, now's the timing. Now's the right time. Why is it the right time? Because God is with us and not only is God with us, but the king of all this region is with us as well, and he says he's going to support us to get this done. See, for the first time, these people heard someone is not only on their side, but someone wants to help them. I'm here to tell you that the rubble that you're living in right now, that God is inquiring right now about rebuilding your family, rebuilding your mind, rebuilding your heart, restoring your faith, that everything that's been going on because of COVID, you have gotten used to the rubble around you, but I'm here to tell you that right now is the time to build, not tomorrow, not next week, not a year from now. Right now is the time to pull your marriage together, get your family together, restore your faith, stand up once again, and begin to understand what God wants to build inside of you. Somebody give God a shout of praise. See, the timing's crucial. There's a season for everything under the sun. Now is the season of restoration. Now is the season to rebuild. COVID has destroyed marriages, has wreaked havoc upon finances, it's caused addictions to rise, families are falling apart. Over 27% of Christians have stopped coming to church online or in person. This doesn't have to be your story any longer. I want you to bow your heads right where you are as we close this morning. Come on, right now. I know you feel the presence of God because I know I do right now. And the Holy Spirit is gently just telling you right now, I know the problem, I am the solution. Why do you need to rebuild because I I don't intend I never intended for you to live in this manner and why now because right now is the season to rebuild the people responded to Nehemiah so they said let us arise and rebuild once he comes and tells them this they come into agreement let's rebuild And they set their hands to do the work. See, Nehemiah had to touch their hearts before he asked for their hands. Now, I want you to know right now that your test is about to become your testimony. That God is about to take the rubble of your life. And he's about to take those, those rocks that have been laying there in waste for years. He's about to restore and make something beautiful out of them. Beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning I want to pray for you right now Heavenly Father I speak to every heart to every mind to every life for those my God that are surrounded by the rubble of life I speak my God hope this morning speak hope you were not created to live in the rubble of life God called you to be builders to arise and build and to restore and to rebuild even greater than things were before. Lord, I thank you right now that you love us so much that you care about us, my God, beyond our condition. That Lord, you see the rubble, but you don't just see rubble, you see walls. You don't just see ashes, you see gates. You don't just see a broken marriage. You see a marriage, a gospel marriage. You don't just see a family, my God. You see a power family. You don't just see, my God, an individual trying to break an addiction. You see someone that's breaking addiction over other people's lives as well. Lord, I pray right now just liberty over every individual. You're hearing; you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've been trying to rebuild, but the walls keep falling down around you. I'm here to tell you right now that you don't have to rebuild on your own. That God is with you. I want you right now just to say this prayer with me. Just say, dear Jesus, I receive you now as Lord and Savior. Lord, you see the rubble of that I've made of my life. But I invite you now to help me rebuild. To put back together what you intended my life to be. I believe you died on the cross, that you rose again three days later to rebuild my life and to give me a second chance. So, Lord, I surrender my life to you today. I want to be a follower of Jesus. Come into my heart and make me new. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to invite you just to text the word alive to 408-340-7703. That's 408-340-7703. Text the word alive, and we have people that are standing by that just want to reach out to you and let you know how much we love you and want to help you out on this new walk with God and help you rebuild the walls, help you put things back together again, amen? And I want you to know you're not alone. Next Next week, when we're back live, when we're, we're worshiping together in this place. Next week, we're going to be talking about rebuilding with the person standing next to you. who, who The person right next to you, side by side, that you're not building alone. You have someone that's building along with you. Now, CWC Bay Area, I love you. I can't wait to see you. Now, uh, our... our um, Eventbrite will be up on Tuesday, and again, we are still limited to the amount of people that we can have in, so first come, first serve, but I can't wait to see you. It's going to be amazing. Until then, love God, love people, and let's change the world. Amen. God bless you this morning. We love you. See you next week. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.